Hello and welcome back to the Scouting Books Podcast, the podcast for YA fiction lovers of all ages. I'm your host, Scout, and I'm joined, like always, with my mom slash co-host, Cheryl. Today, we'll be talking about our top five favorite YA books of all time. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Scout. Hey, and I'm Cheryl. And we are so excited for our second episode of the Scouting Books podcast. Um, I have been looking forward to filming this this week. It's definitely something I am now enjoying and looking getting ready for. To. Yes, looking forward to. Um, so today we are going to talk about, again, um, two reviews, one from each of us of the last young adult book we've read. Um, we're going to talk about two new releases that I personally am very excited for. I don't even think mom has heard of either one <laughs> of these. Well, that'll be fun. So this will be fun for her as well. And this episode, we're going to talk about our top five favorite young adult books of all time, Woo. because I kind of thought that it would be good for you guys to understand a little bit of our reading tastes and yes. the kind of things that we like. Because even when it comes to young adult, me and mom like some different things. Right. So I we thought did. you guys would enjoy hearing about that. Um, before we start talking about our reviews for the week, I wanted to mention um, the book that my book club, our book club, is reading for the month of November. So we do have a Facebook group, Scouting Books on Facebook, where we do lots of things. We sell books, but we also have a book club. And so we pick a new book every single a month. It can be young adult or adult. This week, this month, it's actually an adult book, but it's by an author that writes a lot of young adult books that we really love. Yeah, one of Scout's favorites. Yes, one of my favorites. You will hear about her again later in this episode. <laughs> um, but that book that we're reading this month is Ninth House by Lee Bardugo. And on our Facebook, we um, update you guys with when we know we're going to have a live discussion video. Um, so that'll be posted on there at some point. If you want to join in with us and read, you totally can. You can see us and not just listen to us. Yes. And I'm really excited for that book because it's very fall. It's dark academia set at Yale. It's got um, some fantasy elements. It's got mystery. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, so now we are going to discuss our latest two young adult books we've read and give you guys a quick review. So now we're going to talk about books that we've read, young adult books that we've read in the uh, most recently. Yes. And we're each going to give a review of a book that we have read. And the one I'm going to tell you about today is Better Than the Movies by Lynn Painter. I have also read this book. I loved it as yeah. well. So Scout read this book, which is a young adult romance and highly recommended it to me. And while I may not read a lot of romances, not as much as Scout does, she just loved it. And the premise sounded so great that I knew I needed to try to read it. And yes. it did not disappoint. I loved it. Actually, probably one of my favorite romances that I've read so far this, this year, year, I would say. Yeah. Awesome. So the story of Better Than the Movies revolves around really three characters, three main characters. you got Liz Buxbaum, and her next-door neighbor, Wes Bennett. And Wes <laughs> and Liz have always been nemeses, I guess. Yes. They ha they live next door, but they've always kind of been at I each other. I would call other. them frenemies. Frenemies, yes. It's, they don't hate each other. They just kind of get they've on each other's nerves. They've grown up with each other. They just annoy yes. each other They've grown bit. up together. You know, we, um, Wes would play pranks on her mess with her you know and so they kind of run in the same circles so they're friendly but they also are not each other's favorite 
people. Yes. <laughs> so frenemies is probably a good idea. Um, and so it is uh, their senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And a boy that Liz always had a very strong crush on, Michael, had moved away years before, but now he's back in town. And they used to all live in the same neighborhood together. Yes, Michael right. lived with her and Wes, and they would like hang out yeah, on the streets. They were and all, stuff. yeah, they were friends who would, you know, ride bikes in the mm-hmm. in the street, and they were good friends as ch- as children. And Michael was always her crush, and you know, she's kind of set him up as like this perfect guy. That he is would be the perfect guy for her. And so when he comes back into town, Liz, Michael kind of pays attention to her a little bit, right? More than he a used to. A little more than he used to. And she decides that she needs to get Michael finally. You know, he is meant for her. And the reason she it's fate. Yeah. And the reason she thinks this really relates back to the title of the book, which is Better Than the Movies. Her mother, who has passed away, Mm -hmm. loved rom-coms, loved romantic comedies. And she always had this idea that, you know, romance should be like it's in the movies. And so she thinks Michael is like her happily ever after, that they were childhood friends and it was her crush and he's going to come back and they're going to fall in love with each other. Everything's going to be great. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of goes along with one of these rom-com tropes, I guess, a little bit. And she and Wes pretend kind of to date, Mm -hmm. okay, so that Michael, who is friends with Wes and is part of that whole friend group, can see how great Liz is so that she'll... So that she has an excuse to hang out with them. Yeah, and so she has an excuse to be with all of them. And then Michael will see, oh, she's great, you know, Mm -hmm. we need to be together. So... I think one of the funniest parts about this book, too, is the reason why Wes agrees to help her. <laughs> so yes, mom right. said at the beginning that they used to always, like, play pranks yeah, on each other. Right. And they are still kind there's, of pranking each other. Yes, right. There's their next door neighbors. And there's one parking spot right in front of their house. Right. And if you don't park there, you have to park mm-hmm. all the way down the street and walk, like, three blocks to get right. back to their house. Yes. And so every single day they argue over this parking right. spot. And she tells him that she will give him the parking spot for the if, rest of their senior year, if she helps him, if he get helps her do this, Michael, yes, yes, right. And I think that's such a funny like I reasoning so to do this. It is, and so as you can probably imagine, as the book goes along, Liz is torn between Michael and Wes, the who irritating Wes. friend who maybe that's who she's supposed to be with, and Wes is great. He's so he's good. a great character. He's a fictional crush. He's for a, sure. Yeah, he is awesome, and. The other thing I love about this book is there are references to rom-coms throughout the book. Everywhere. So I love rom-coms. Every single I chapter starts them. with the rom-com And quote. some of my favorites are featured. You know, When Harry Met Sally is my favorite adult one. Mm. To say Anything is my favorite teenage one. And there's I don't a, know if they mentioned it's it not in it, but it's on the cover. It. Yeah, it's not mentioned, but there's the picture of, you know, the character it's, holding the boom box. Yep. It's <laughs> on the cover. So I would highly recommend Better Than the Movies if you like light romances. Mm-hmm young adult romances that have healthy characters. I yes. would say generally have healthy they all characters. They learn. It. They're likable mostly. I mean, even I mean, obviously Wes and Michael also that you think, oh, he yeah. may end up being like not a good guy. No, he's they're a, all pretty yeah. dang likable characters. Yeah. And there's a couple of like teenage drama Moments, experiences but, in it, but not bad. 
I really liked it a lot. Yes. And I like all the tropes that it has. It falls, like, there are some things in it that happen that you think are, like, cheesy tropes. Yeah. But they do them so yeah, well. And they're they all do. very entertaining and fun still. Yes. Um, okay. So, for my review, I am also going to be talking about a young adult romance. But while Mom and Me loved better than the movies... I did not love this one. And to properly get across the reasons why I don't like this one, I am going to give some spoilers okay. um, about what happens at the end of this book near the end of my review. So if for some reason, even though I'm saying I pretty strongly disliked this book, if you want to read it, maybe skip the end of this review because <laughs> right. you're going to get spoil- well, spoiled for would, what happens And we would end. also say that just because I don't like a book does doesn't mean, mean that you're you not going to like, like it. A book. But... I feel like most people who watch this know what kind of books I like. If you like similar books as me, mm-hmm. you know, maybe yeah. maybe don't read this maybe one. Maybe trust Scout's but opinion. maybe trust my opinion. This <laughs> sounded like something I was really going to love and I was really excited for. And then it just fell into some things I didn't enjoy. Because it has some of your favorite things. Yes. So um, that book is In the Penalty Box by Lynn Rush and Kelly Ann Blount. This, as you can tell by the title, is a hockey romance. And I love hockey. You really do. That is a weird thing about me. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. I don't play hockey. I can't even skate. We live in the South. I live in Alabama. (laughs) I can't skate. I would fall on my butt every single time. I can't handle the cold that well. I shouldn't like hockey, but I do. I like how violent it is. Yes, it's the violence and the cute boys. The cute boys are always a plus. Yeah. I I like all of the, like, it's, Slamming it's very, into the wall. It's fast. Yeah. And it's intense. But we like and when sports. And when they score, it's really intense because you don't it's score a exciting. ton. That's true. It's very exciting. I just think it's a really exciting game. And, and I like a- watching and it. And I'm an athlete. And I can appreciate... Um, the athletic ability it takes to be able to play hockey because I could I don't think I could ever do that Um, so this book is about a girl named Willow and a guy named Brody Um, Brody as you can probably assume is like the star of the hockey team in this town so we go through um, summer and also fall so you see them on a travel like a travel hockey team and then they also end up being on a high school team Um, so Brody is the captain and the star player of this team Um, his dad is like very rich and like the ice rink in the town has his name on it it's very intense he's very 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 good but he's not just good because his father was good he's also just a really good player and a generally very good dude he is probably going to go to college for hockey and he is doing pretty well Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of stuff outside of hockey in his life that is definitely not going well dude has a tough and not good life his life is not going great um and then willow our main girl she is a figure skater and when i say she's a figure skater i don't mean just like she skates in her free time girl was like going to the olympics she um just won the junior world championship she is on a team to go to the olympics and she's like a favorite to make it this year um but she has a serious injury she tears her achilles and that is basically the worst injury you can have Um, as a figure skater. So she is completely out. She gets kicked off her team at the beginning of the book. um, And she comes back to her town that she grew up in. um, And her grandfather still lives there. They move back to this town because she's kind of poor. Her sponsorships pull out and she can no longer Mm -hmm. live with her team at this like skating rink facility. So she moves back to this town to do rehab. So one day she is um, at the local skating rink just skating around during open ice time and trying to get her strength up. And the team, their travel team, comes in after open ice time to have a scrimmage game. And hockey is very intense in this town. 
Right. So when her best friend came over to watch her skate, she wants to stay after to watch the game. So yeah. I was like, sure, whatever, I'll watch. And something you need to know about Willow is that when she was younger in this town, she would do like street skating and street mm -hmm. hockey games with all of the boys in town. Right. And she would like play goalie. And she was like kind of good. You know, she was young. They were all young, but she was pretty dang good. She like right. held her own. Um, and during this scrimmage game, the um, goalie for their team gets injured. And he is also the goalie for their travel team. And he gets injured. And because Brody and some of the other players on this team know that she used to play hockey or whatever, they ask her to come and finish the game out as their goalie because they need another goalie <laughs> to finish the scrimmage game. And, of course, when she does this, she gets on, on, the, on the rink and she blocks one of Brody's shots. Of course. Even though Brody is, like, this amazing, insane player and she hasn't been a goalie since she was, like, eight. Right. So realistic, am I right? <laughs> um, and she blocks a shot and then suddenly they want her on the team. And it's all about her being on this team and trying to rehab and get better at um, for figure skating. Right. And then also her and Brody liking each other the entire time. Um, This book was so, so, <laughs> so cheesy. Like, yes. when I say cheesy, guys, I like cheese. Okay? I like, cheese is good. I like the cheese. Um, like literally, and, literally and figuratively in books. Yes. I like the cheese. And so I, when I was starting this, I was talking to mom in the car because I was reading it in the car. And I was like, mom, this is really cheesy. But, you know, I like cheesy. I can, I can handle cheesy. Yes. I don't want my romance to be this super realistic thing because I just want to escape from real life and read something that feels like it's not real life where right. people are happy and everything is awesome. But this was just too much. So, so <laughs> many tropes were thrown in here. Yeah. She felt like she was like, not like other girls. She like liked hockey, like big deal, whoop, yeah. whoop, whatever. Nobody cares. And <laughs> I, I was just so, so much was thrown in here that I yeah. was just like, this is too much. Can we tone it down a notch? Right. And this is where I'm going to give you some spoilers. Um, if this book would have ended differently, mm -hmm. I could have given it more than a two star. Okay. But it didn't. Okay. It ended how I expected it was going to end. And I right. was disappointed by that. So, big spoilers here for the ending of In the Penalty Box. If you want to read this, don't listen to what I'm about to say. So, at the end of the book, she gets accepted onto this other figure skating team mm -hmm. to be able to prepare for the Olympics. Yeah. So, she leaves the hockey team right before state because she has to go mm -hmm. there right away okay. to be on this team. She right. goes. We see her for half of a chapter there. Okay. And she decides... I don't want to do figure skating anymore. No. I'm going to go back and play hockey. Okay, first off, she's going to almost make the Olympic she team. She is literally. But she wants to go back and play on the hockey yes, team for high school. Yes, and this is what I don't understand. Yeah, this seems a little because, unrealistic. Because, like, okay, when she gets there, she's like, man, all the, like, everyone, all these girls are all so mean, and the hockey team was also nice, and I just, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's not just for hockey. Like if I don't, if I go back and they don't take me back on the hockey team anymore, like it's fine, no big deal, but I don't want to do figure skating anymore. Right. And I was like, this is just not realistic. The entire time she's like crying and upset because she can no longer do figure skating. And she is just working so hard to get back to figure skating. And she talks about how it's her entire life. Right. And then she gets there for half a chapter and then comes back to play hockey for a high school team. Yeah. And then somehow get scholarships to play hockey in college. Interesting. Yeah, this seems very unrealistic. This is her first year playing well, actual hockey. I guess she's a genius, hockey and she, genius. And like, awesome, girl, I'm so proud of <laughs> you for being power. able. Woo yes, girl power. Yes, I'm so but, proud of you for being able to yeah. hold up your own against some dudes who are really good and being in that goal. But you've but worked your whole life. But that is not realistic. You've worked your whole life. And I, I hate when 
Yeah. This is just a generalization. I feel like a lot of times it's girls, but also when mm-hmm. guys do this in books. Yeah. I hate when teenagers give up their dreams to go do something that I'm just like, no, that's not worth it. Right. Like these were your dreams your entire life. Why are you doing that? Yes. Unless you can really give a good argument for how the, and there just wasn't change. a good argument for it yeah. because the entire time, like, yes, she loves hockey, but she also loves figure skating, and mm-hmm. then she just quits. And I was like, what is this? Um. So I gave it two stars. Okay. Didn't did did not was not the biggest fan of this. I probably wouldn't recommend it. But if you just love, if you like reading every single hockey romance, I know some people are like that. You guys love sports romances. Yeah. Give it a try. There's a lot of actual sports in it. You get to see them play games. That's cool. They play hockey all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's got actual sports in it. Um, so I think you would like it if you like that. And another thing I did like about it, there's a lot of her being friends with people on the team, mm-hmm. guys, yeah. good guy-girl friendships. I oh, enjoyed nice. that as well. So I that's one too. thing I liked. But besides that, not my favorite. Uh, so <laughs> so you got one really good YA romance yes. you can read and one that I would probably say don't. Right. Um, now I'm going to read you guys the descriptions for two books. I'm really excited to come out later this week. So now we're going to talk about some releases that are coming out later this week in the YA world that I am super excited for. And hopefully after us reading these descriptions, you will also be excited for them. So both of these come out November 9th, so you can go get them on the same day if they sound good to you. The first one, I'm going to let mom read the description um, because I want her to be able to talk some as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one is called You've Reached Sam. Who is it by? By Dustin Tao. By Dustin Tao. And this one I have been excited for for months. I have had some friends who have already read advanced readers copies of these. And everyone that I've heard read it so far has really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. and given it either four or five stars. It's supposed to be very sad, um, very, you know, like it's going to pull at your heartstrings. So mom is going to read this description for you guys. Also, this cover, guys, is gorgeous. If you have not seen it. Go look it up right now. It is so pretty. So, Mom, you can go ahead and read okay. the description so whenever you're ready. this is the description for You've Reached Sam by Dustin Tao. 17-year-old Julie has her future all planned out. Move out of her small town with her boyfriend, Sam. Attend college in the city. Spend a summer in Japan. But then Sam dies and everything changes. Heartbroken, Julie skips his funeral, throws out his things, and tries everything to forget him and the tragic way he died. But a message Sam left behind in her yearbook forces back memories. Desperate to hear his voice one more time, Julie calls Sam's cell phone just to listen to his voicemail. And Sam picks up the phone. In a miraculous turn of events, Julie's been given a second chance at goodbye. The connection is temporary, but hearing Sam's voice makes her fall for him all over again, and with each call, it becomes harder to let him go. However, keeping her otherworldly calls with Sam a secret isn't easy, especially when Julie witnesses the suffering Sam's family is going through. Unable to stand by the sideline and watch their shared loved ones in pain, Julie is torn between spilling the truth about her calls with Sam and risking their connection and losing him forever. Does that not sound? It does sound good. You so know, it kind of sounds sad. like, I feel like there are a lot of these books where, oh, look, we're going to be given a second chance. Mm-hmm. We're going to be able to somehow reconnect with someone who's gone. But this sounds like a neat, um, mm-hmm. a, kind of a neat way to do it. And I would be interested in seeing how that develops. Yes, I think it's going to be super good. I'm excited. Um, I 
I've never talked about this on the podcast. I've talked about it some in some of our other videos, but I don't typically cry reading books like ever. <laughs> right. Um, and I have had so many of my friends read this book and say that they just like bawled their eyes really? out. Um, and I want to see if I have that mm -hmm. same reaction. Right. So maybe, yes. maybe not. Who knows? Which ironically, when we talk about our favorite YA books of all time, at least three of these made me cry. Really? That I read. Yes. And I don't. Intense. I'm not a huge crier at books, but I mean, I will. <laughs> Every once in a Every while. Every once in a while. Um, so the book that I am going to read, I'm super excited for it, mostly because it's by two authors that I really love some of their books. So this is called All of Us Villains, and it's by Amanda Foody and Christine Lynn Herman. Amanda Foody um, wrote the Ace of Shades books, mm -hmm. um, the Shadow Game trilogy, which I really, really, really loved. I've read the first two books, never got around to the third, but you know, it happens. And then Christine Lynn Herman wrote one of my favorite duologies of all time, um, The Devouring Grey duology oh, right. and so they wrote this book together and that just makes me super excited for it i haven't really actually read the description of this hmm. book before so this is kind of my first time reading it um so hopefully you you'll still be interested in I it think, after I think even I think even if I'm not, if I don't think it sounds like the most amazing thing, but I kind of like you ran trust through the it. Authors. I trust these authors that I think I would kind of read whatever they wrote. Yeah. Um, so here's the description for all of us villains. After the publication of a salacious tell-all book, the remote city of Ilvernath is thrust into worldwide spotlight. Tourists, protesters, and reporters flock to its spell shops and ruins to witness an ancient curse unfold. Hmm. Every generation, seven families name a champion among them to compete in a tournament to the death. The winner awards their family exclusive control over the city's high magic supply, the most powerful resource in the world. In the past, the villainous Laos have won nearly every tournament, and their champion is prepared to continue his family's reign. But this year, thanks to the influence of their newfound notoriety, each of the champions has a means to win, or better yet, a chance to rewrite their story. But this is a story that must be pinned in blood. Oh, does that not sound really good? It does good? sound good. So it is. It gives Hunger Games vibes. Fantasy? Yes, it's fantasy. It gives Hunger Games vibes. Yeah, it does. Um, just based on the, the death. Someone yes. has to go and someone play to, to the death. And I feel hmm. like if you have read um the Amanda Foody Ace of Shades series, which I doubt a lot of you have but mm -hmm. if you have um you would kind of see how this feels a little bit similar to that mm -hmm. it's set in a city where things are kind of um there's deadly games of right. sorts which is the same thing in ace of shades mm -hmm. it's not the same type of games they don't have to fight to the death but there's um there's like weird games in ace of shades yeah. and so i feel like i'm gonna like her writing is gonna transfer very well over to this and then if you've read any christine lynn mm -hmm. herman the idea of seven families being in this mm -hmm. tournament is very much like That's the devouring gray right. in the devouring gray there are core families who like run a town and that kind of seems like so what this it is kind of so it's kind of got their... aspects yeah. of the things that they both do in books that i really enjoyed from their books put into this one. And I think it's going to be so good. I am so excited for it. It's definitely one I'm going to buy full price as soon as it comes out. Yeah, those both sound good. I think those were some really good ones that we told you guys about. So you can get You've Reached Sam and All of Us Villains both on November 9th. So now for our discussion portion of this episode, we're going to be talking about something that I always enjoy talking about, <laughs> whether it be in videos or just to people in my life. I love talking about this topic. Um, so these are our top five favorite young adult books of like all time, um, nice. which is always hard to pick. <laughs> but for me, it's a little bit easier because I kind of have five standouts of mm -hmm. my young adult books that I love. But I'm also going to mention maybe one or two like 
notable mentions that okay. I think are somewhere in my top 10 yeah. that I really enjoy that I figured I would just okay. maybe just mention, not talk about what it's about, but just say its name so that you know that I also think mm -hmm. you should read them. Um, so mom is going to start first. We're going to go back and forth. And yeah, mom, okay. go ahead and start us off. So anytime you say, what are your favorites? Mm -hmm. That's like a huge question, right? And it's it is. really hard to narrow down. You know, like, what are your favorite movies? What are your favorite? Hercules. Who are your favorite children? Um, <laughs> my cats. So favorites are hard. Um, and especially when you read as much as we read, I mm -hmm. think it's really hard to pick favorites. Um, you know, we had talked at first about picking our favorite books of all time. And I have to be honest, some of my favorite books, my top five, might have two wide adult young adults and the rest would be adults so we just decided would to, also have some adult in it as yeah. well which narrow it down and some. so we decided let's just talk about young adult which yes. is that's the focus of this podcast and so my five um are a little bit different than scouts fives yeah scouts you will five. see our differences in the types of right. books that we consider favorites yeah. within this you'll probably very quickly find a um pattern in mine okay yes. so the first book actually is what I almost would say is the young adult book that got me back into reading young adult fiction. Mm -hmm. so, it's kind of the book that got me into reading in general. Right. So I have always loved young adult fiction. And as a teenager myself, I was a huge reader and I read so many teen romances. I called them teen romances back mm. in the day, back in the like 80s. Um, but then I went through back a in the day. back in the day. But then I went through a long, long spell where I pretty much just read adult fiction. Mm -hmm. um, I read a lot of literary fiction, classics, mysteries, that sort of thing. And then I kind of decided I wanted to read some young adult fiction. So I do feel like there was maybe a long period of time where I didn't read young adult fiction. I might have missed about 10 years of really good young adult fiction. Dang. Maybe I need to go back. But anyway, this is the book that reconnected me and I love it. And it's still in my top five of all time. And that is Eleanor and Park by Rainbow Rowell. And this is, book was published, I believe, in 2013. And it is kind of considered, I think, a modern modern day classic. Rainbow Rowell. At Rowell, least when it comes to the romance when genre it comes to of young romance, adult. Young adult, right. And of course it is a romance because it's mostly about these two characters. But I also consider it a coming of, age. coming of age story. And I love coming of age stories. So this is the story of Eleanor and Park. And it's set in the 1980s, which is a reason I love this as well. I love kind of the nostalgia of that. And there's something about books set in the 80s or the 90s where people didn't have cell phones. People don't have social media, all that. Mm -hmm. And it has kind of a, new, a different atmosphere to it. But Eleanor is new in town and she rides the bus. Her life is kind of messed up. Um, she's a little eccentric, the way she dresses and all that. Um, but she rides the bus and all the bus she meets park and park is um wears his black t-shirts he has music headphones on all the time his head's in a book mm -hmm. um but they become friends um through and their conversations they, on the bus. yes through their conversations mm -hmm. on the bus and then mixtapes Yes. between them, which I love. And it ends up just being this wonderful romance between these two kind of outsider characters. And then it's the story really of kind of lost love, first love, and the ending is kind of open-ended mm -hmm. and some people love it. Some people don't love yeah. it, but I love this book. And if you have never read Eleanor and Park, 
I would say absolutely read it. Yes. Um, so mom kind of talks about her favorite young adult book first. Her like number one if you had to rank these. Mm -hmm. So I'm also going to talk about my number one if I had to rank these. Um, my favorite book of all time is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Aliri Sanz. And this book. And I love this book as well. Yes, this it book has a special place too. in my heart. Um, I've probably read it upwards of nine times I read it every I reread it every single year I've already reread it twice this year because the sequel just came out um and this book is about Aristotle and Dante mostly Aristotle they're both Mexican boys in Texas in the 1980s both of our favorites take place in the 80s um and it's a coming-of-age novel that's told in really short chapters and really beautiful lyrical writing about Aristotle just trying to figure out who he is who he is from the ages of 15 to 17. He does not really know what he wants to do. He doesn't have any idea of what he's supposed to be doing in life. And then he meets Dante one day at the pool and they kind of take on life together rather than apart. So it's a coming-of-age novel. It's really beautiful. I think all teenagers can relate to this, even if you don't relate to like the LGBTQ aspects. It also is just all about growing up and feeling different and not feeling like you fit in anywhere. And it's just so, so, so good. I read it for the first time when I was, I think, 13. And like I said, I've read it upwards of nine times now. <laughs> it just really does have a special place in my heart. It's annotated. I have quotes of it like all over my room. It's just really something special to me. The writing is beautiful. The characters are beautiful and amazing. And they will kind of nudge their way into your hearts and you will not ever forget about them. Um, so that is my all-time favorite. And it's one I think you need to read. I think it's another kind of classic in the young adult genre. I think it came out 2013, mm -hmm. maybe. It's been about, it's maybe. been more than 10 years. Yeah, so maybe... It? Well, that maybe would put more it than 10 years, maybe 2011 or 12. Has been more than 10 years. I don't know. It's definitely an older one. I'm going to yeah. look that up while mom talks about <laughs> her next one and tell you guys. Okay. So the next book I'm going to uh, list in my top five favorites is another, I would say, young adult modern classic. And um, you might not be surprised that 2012. it is. Sorry. The Aristotle and Dante was 2012. The Fault in Our Stars by John Green, also a 2012 release. Mm -hmm. So a lot of good books around that time. Um, and I feel like The Fault in Our Stars became this phenomenon. It, it did. It was a phenomenon. There were t-shirts of it. You know, there was 2012, Tumblr, 2012 Tumblr was all about the okay, okay in the little, yes, in the little right. bubbles, yeah, talk bubbles. Right. That was From like the cover. Yes. That was like the 2012 thing. It was. And then there was a movie and all that. But The Fault in Our Stars is a book that I think lives up to the hype. And if you've never read it just because of all that, you should read it. And this is, it's just a beautiful book. And it's John Green, and it's still my favorite John Green book. And I really love all, most of his books. Um, this is the story of Hazel Grace Lancaster, who is, um, who has had cancer pretty much all of her life. Well, not all of her life. When she was 12 or 13, I believe mm -hmm. she got it. And she took this miracle kind of drug and she is the miracle and she is doing pretty well. It's, it's, the tumor is, she has thyroid cancer. The tumor is disappearing some, but she is in a cancer support group because, you know, that's what because, her parents yeah. want her to do. <laughs> she has a lot of anger. She has a lot of obviously issues that come from having a terminal cancer. While she is in this, in this cancer support group, she meets Augustus and Augustus is remains one of my favorite fictional characters of all time <laughs> he's in remission he is very attractive he's funny he's like hottie. the things he says are just great 
um, and they meet and they fall in love and uh, they, you know, they question life and death and love and they experience all these things together. There are some great side characters and of course, it's going to rip your heart out and it's going to be tragic, but it's beautiful and I love it. The Fault in Our Stars. Um, so my next favorite book of all time, not just young adult, this is my next favorite book. <laughs> it and Aristotle are kind of on the same level for me. I don't know if I can truly call Aristotle and Dante my favorite book of all time compared to this one, just because I love them both so much. Um, so my next favorite book is The Raven Boys, the entire Raven <laughs> Cycle um, by Maggie Steve Otter. So this is the first series you're going to see in my top five. Um, I have a couple series. I have three series, I guess, in mine. Mom mm -hmm. has none no. because that is a different <laughs> comparison between us. You're going to see some fantasy in my top five. You're not going to see any fantasy in mom's top five. Uh, one kind of. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah, there is that yeah, one. I forgot yeah. about that one. Um, but yeah, I have definitely more fantasy and non-contemporary books compared to her. Um, but yeah, so this is my next favorite, The Raven Boys by Maggie Steve Otter. This book is about um, mostly our core group of friends, the Raven Boys. So you have mm -hmm. Gansey, who is our main guy, Blue Sergeant, who is our main girl, who is my favorite fictional character of all time. I love her. Ronan Lynch, another one of my favorites. Adam Parrish and Noah Scherzny. I That's how I've always mm -hmm. said his last name. Who knows if yeah, it's right? I think that's right. Um, but it's about them. And the boys are all part of um, a friend group at Algenby Academy, which is a very fancy prep school in their town of Henrietta, Virginia. Um, and Blue is not in this group for most of the beginning of the first book. She does not like Raven Boys, that she calls them, who go to this school because she thinks they're all preppy and stuck up. But Blue's family, this is where the magic aspects start to come in. Blue's, Blue's family are all psychics. Right. Like true psychics. They can see the future. They know things. Um, and they also can talk to spirits in a sort of way. So every single, um, every single year, there's this one day where they can go onto this thing called the ley line, which is a strong source of magic in their town. And they can see people who are going to die within the next year. And Blue always goes with them, either though, even though she's not a psychic. Mm -hmm. She's the only one in her family who isn't because she has this ability to amplify powers and make things stronger for them. And this is a time where they need to use a lot of magic to be able to see all these people. So she always goes. And this one year when she goes, she sees Gansey, mm -hmm. who is going to be our main guy in this crew. Yes. And the only reason as a non-psychic that you can see people on this line when they're going to die is either you killed them <laughs> or they're the love of your life. Right. And so Blue is like, dang. Um, <laughs> because she also has this curse that basically says if she ever kisses the love of her right. life, she's going to kill him by kissing him. Yeah. So she's like, okay, so Let's maybe see. both is true. Who knows? Right. Um, and so she gets pulled into this crew of boys with Gansey and them when they basically go on this adventure to find, this is sounds really weird, but to find <laughs> a dead Welsh king that they think mm -hmm. is buried in Henrietta right. that can grant you a wish if you find him and raise him. So they're trying to do that. It's got some magic, but really the best part about this book is the atmosphere and the yeah. found family. The friendship at the core of this book is so amazing and the characters are all so so well written and they're all so intricate and mm -hmm. have a lot of layers and none of them are like 
just a very like two-dimensional character. They all have lots of layers and lots of different emo different emotions and you see a lot of their different points of views. And I just think they're all so amazing. The magic is cool because it's magical realism. It's never really explained. And the magic is cool. There's like psychic abilities and there's weird all things, kinds, yes. all kinds of magic, and as the, dream as magic. the series moves on, there's so even more. more types of magic. Yeah. yeah, but really the best thing about this is the atmosphere and the writing are amazing. The town feels very real. And then the characters are just so, so, so well thought out and drawn right. out. And I the agree. romance is also really great yeah. by the end of it. Blue and Gansey is one of my favorite fictional couples of all time. Probably my favorite. So, yeah. yes, there's that one. And Go I, read it if you have not. And I agree again with I that forced book. mom it to finish that series. One of my more favorites. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't love it as much as Scout does, but it is very, Guys, it my is room very good. is literally based around the Raven boys. I just want to be like <laughs> in is. the crew. Yeah. We may need to speed this up a little bit. We've okay. been talking for a hot All minute. Right. So <laughs> the next book on my list of YA favorites is a book similar, I guess, to the ones I've already mentioned. Um, and it is Holding Up the Universe by Jennifer Niven. And I love this book because, again, it has a romance at its core, but it's also just one of these books that teaches you about life and relationships and coming of age. I tend to enjoy my romances when they are part of a part of books like that more mm -hmm. than just maybe a straight up romance. So anyway, holding up the universe by Jennifer Niven. This was a book, a young adult book published in 2016. And uh, this is by the author of all the bright places and some other young adult books, but this is the one I love so much. So this is the story of Libby Strout. And at one point she was named or she was known as America's fattest teen. She was yeah. very large. By the way, guys, I've also read this book. One of my favorites of all time. This was going to be one of my honorable mentions. <laughs> right. So just keep that yeah, in mind. Yeah. So um, she has lost weight. She's still a plus size, I would say, which mm -hmm. I appreciate books that have a diversity of characters and so that it's not just, you know, kind of this stereotypical, perfect yeah. kind of physical, you know, character. But anyway, she has lost her mother and she's really trying to kind of pick up her pieces from that past kind of stigma that she had. Um, and also because of also to get past her mother's death. So she is back. She's going back to high school. Mm -hmm. She finally, she couldn't even go to school before she had to do like school from her home. Yeah. She goes back to school and she, you know, she wants to really experience life that like normal teenagers would experience. Mm -hmm. Well, while she's there, uh, she meets our other main character who is Jack Maslin. Mm -hmm. And I love he's him. He's such a good One character. One of my favorites. Right. So Jack also is, I love this too. He is, First off, he tries to, he's kind of sarcastic. He tries kind to popular. Pop, pop, he's popular. He kind of goes along sometimes with the crowd of doing things, maybe yeah. acting in a way he shouldn't, but it's really a coping mechanism, I would yes. say, for this um, disorder that he has, which people don't even know about until later in the book. And it is, and I cannot remember the actual medical Prophet. name for it. It's pro-something. But it's something. where it is the disorder where he cannot recognize someone's face. And mm -hmm. this is a real thing. I had to do like research into this to find out if this is a real thing. He can look at a person, but then after he's seen them, he cannot, re he doesn't recognize that face. Yeah. So he has to use like markers to help him figure out who is who and that sort of thing. Anyway, 
he doesn't share with anyone that he has this disorder. Later on in the book, that kind of becomes an issue. But anyway, he and Libby meet each other after they both are involved kind of in this Mostly Jack. Yeah, mostly Jack in this situation. A really bad situation. A really bad situation at school. And they both are sent to like, kind of like detention after Mm -hmm. school. And they have to do like community service together. They meet, they fall in love. And it's an and amazing story. It is a wonderful romance. Like wonderful I said, one of my honorable mentions. So it's good. So good. Holding up the universe. So my next one, these top three are like for sure, for sure my top three, my three favorite young adult books. Mm-hmm. The next one I'm going to mention is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo, which I talked about Lee Bardugo at the beginning, said she was going to come back. She's an icon. <laughs> we love her. Right. Um, Six of Crows is a YA high fantasy, um, and it's about six teenagers who are criminals in this town um, called Ketterdam, and they are all very morally gray, and they're all in a gang called mm-hmm. um, the Dregs. They call themselves <laughs> the Crows. And it's about six teens who get stuck in um, this situation to make a whole heck ton of money um, where they have to go on a heist and break into this very, very, very highly secured building and not steal something, but find someone who has made this drug, basically, that can take advantage of the magic people of their country and make them obscenely strong and also to where people can control them. Right. So they can control these super strong people and kill people very mm-hmm. easily and do really bad things. And it's gotten out of hand. And the leaders of their city of Ketterdam have asked them to go and get this person so that they can try to find an antidote for the drug. Right. And so they go on this very, very, very elaborate heist. Um, but... The reason that this book is so good, and I cannot stress this enough, these characters are the best written characters I have ever read, even over the Raven Boys. Mm -hmm. I think their dynamics with each other are so amazing and so strong. There's a lot of really good humor, but there's also a lot of really important things. A lot of them have very traumatic pasts, which are the reasons that they have become criminals. Um, And some of my absolute favorite characters, the banter between all of these characters is unmatched to anything (laughs) I have ever read before. Right. All of their relationships with each other are all very different feeling and you can tell the differences between them. None of them feel the same. There are also some really amazing romances in this book. Um, My favorite character, Kaz, is like the leader of the dregs. He's very screwed up. He has a lot of trauma and... Very, very, very morally gray. Not the best dude a lot of the time. And the romance between him and Inej, our basically main girl, is the best romance I think I've read in Young Adult with Blue and Gansey. Um, It's just so amazing. All of the characters are amazing. You get point of views from every single one of them, which rounds out the book to me with the writing and her writing is also just so good if you've read shadow and bone this is the companion series to that and i think her writing by the time she wrote six of crows got even better um to where it's just like on another level compared to other young adult books i've read there's also a sequel crooked kingdom which i Mm -hmm. love very sad it's a duology you can read it pretty quickly i so highly recommend you read this book if you like fantasy and even if you don't like fantasy right okay the next book on my list is the only book that I would say is a fantasy, dystopian maybe, and I generally do enjoy books like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like The Hunger Games. I like, um, you know, there's a, a lot of those books that I like, but I love this one. This is The Grace Year by Kim Liggett, and this came out in, I believe, 2019, and this is the story of 
women, really. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a book all about women and their power. And uh, this is the story of Tierney James. And she lives in this county, in this area. You never know where this is. Is this in America? Is this in another place? Where is it? And it's only in this small town. And girls there are told that they have a power that can control men. And it lures them in and it makes other women jealous and it's all these things. And so they have to, when they're 16, go into the wild with the group of the other girls who are all 16 and they have to let their magic go. Mm -hmm. And it's the story of these girls that go do this and specifically Tierney and how she gets through this situation. And then you learn all these things about what's really going on with this magic in the, in the air, in the in this county. And then there's two men in it, two boys who I just love great characters. And so I would highly recommend the grace year by Kim Liggett. If you'd like dystopian fantasy kind of books, but it's a one, it's a standalone, which I love. And it's all about the power of women, which I love books that have that kind of message. Mm -hmm. My next one is another one that I know mom loves as well. And it's a magical realism. You'll see that I really enjoy magical realism, I love this obviously book. with the Raven Boys <laughs> as well. And this book is Summer of Salt by Katrina Leno. This is a very, very, very short standalone novel. Um, it takes place on this island called By the Sea. And it's really all about these two twins. Um, I cannot remember their names totally right now. I don't have the book sitting beside me. But um, the general plot line is that this family, the Finway women, um, all have magic, just the women in this family. And right. their magic manifests in different ways. None of it's ever the same. And our two twins, I know one of them's named Mary, but I can't think of the main girl's name for the life of me right, right. now. Um, but the the side twin's name is Mary. Georgina Georgina. And Mary? Yes, there it is. So yeah. Georgina is our main girl. And Georgina's magic has not manifested yet. And all of their magic comes to them by the time they're 18. And if it doesn't, you're not going to have magic. Mary's already has. And her magic is that kind of she can fly. She mostly mm -hmm. levitates, but yeah. it's kind of like flying. Um, and throughout the novel on this island, um, we're following them during the off season when people come during vacation or not the off season, I guess it's vacation yeah. season. People come to this Island for vacation season to bird watch for this one specific bird right. that always comes to just this Island. It's the only one in the world. And these women know that it's actually one of their, um, one of their family members mm -hmm. who in the past, her magic was to fly and she slowly became a bird from it. And so throughout the story, you also have the idea that Mary, the other twin is, um, is having similar powers to this girl and you're worried that she may also kind of slowly be right. turning into a bird. And you know about um, a third of the way through the novel that something bad, you can kind of tell that something mm -hmm. bad has happened. Um, during vacation, something bad happens. And it's really all about the story of what happens from that. And there's also really fun side characters, her best friend and two tourists that come into town. And it's just a really amazing novel. The writing is amazing. It, it hits some really serious topics yeah. and does them really well and has really fun um, magical elements that I really enjoyed. And I highly recommend you read it because it's a quick read and it's a standalone. So you don't have to read any more from yeah, it. Yeah, it's amazing. I highly so, recommend so, Summer so Salt. Good. One of my favorites I've read in the last it's year It's amazing. Okay, my final book that I have is Neanderthal Opens the Door to the Universe by Preston Norton. And I'm going to just mention the super quick because we're about to run out of time. <laughs> I love this book so much, y'all. Like, it is so great. So this is the story of Cliff Hubbard. And he is known as... I love as, this book as well. I forced my mom to read it. He's known as Neanderthal at his school. Because he's which very, is very, very tall. Because <laughs> he's huge. He's like 6'5 and weighs like almost 300 pounds. He's huge. And um, his nemesis that he just cannot stand is Aaron Zimmerman, who is like 
quarterback, high school quarterback. He's everybody's favorite popular guy. Aaron has a near death experience. And while he, when he, when he regains consciousness, he has, he has this message from God Mm -hmm. that he has got to teach the students of the school to be happy again, to do things the right way, such a funny plot to have joy. And the one person that's got to help him is Cliff. Okay. Mm -hmm. God says Cliff is going to be your partner in solving this. They have this list of all these things they have to do to make the the high school right and happy again. And there's all these interesting things they have to do. These people they kind of have to go up against. It is so good, y'all. It is so uplifting. It it's is also, the characters are great. There's a lot to do with um like what were you gonna say? I was gonna say this book also is so funny. And I think it this is so funny. I think this kind of ties into what you were about to say. Yeah. It's so funny, but it also talks about some really, really serious, serious issues, stuff right? And talks about it very well in a very yes. healthy manner. Like bullying and, and like suicide and suicide and some really important things. Yeah. And it handles them super well while also being funny. Like it was laugh out loud funny. Like it's a book where one of I the only books has made me laugh out loud. out loud. It is fabulous and I highly recommend it. All right, so my last book is Legendborn by Tracy Dion, which I love, guys. Another fantasy. The sequel just got announced, and I'm pumped for that. Um, This book is about a girl named Brie, and Brie is a 16-year-old who is doing early college at North Carolina University, and she goes there after her mother has passed away, um, and she thinks that something else um, happened with her mother's death. She doesn't think it was an accident. Yeah. And when she goes to this college, she quickly gets wrapped up in this secret society after one night at a party when she sees some stuff she was not supposed to mm-hmm. see that is very magical. And she gets roped in to this secret society of kids who we quickly figure out are descendants of the round table, the yes. Knights of the Round Table, Arthur and them. Um, and so she gets help from this guy named Nick and kind of infiltrates this secret society because she thinks that it had something to do with her mother's disappearance. Right. And the things that make this book so good is Brie is a black girl and it talks about racism and sexism and hits at them so hard. And it also has such cool magic systems. Mm-hmm. They're all it's of very it. creative. It's so creative. All of it is blood magic. It is all relating mm-hmm. to lineages ancestors. and ancestors. Yeah. And it's just so, so, so good. It has... Like I said, amazing magic, really good fight scenes, really cool um, characters and development from that. And I just loved this book so much. And I cannot recommend it more if you like fantasy Mm -hmm. and you like reading things that also have like um, topics about things happening in society now. Right. I love that book so much. Yeah. Mom also read I it. I didn't it love it as much as me, I but she doesn't it, but like fantasy as much as I do. I'm not as, as, as much, much of a fantasy person yes. as Scout. So, I also want to mention a couple quick honorable mentions. Yeah. Just the names of them. Not going to tell you anything okay. about them. I love I Wish You All the Best by Mason Deaver. I love Aurora Rising mm-hmm. um, by Jay Kristoff and Amy Kaufman. And I love Where I End and You Begin by Preston Norton, which is by the same author of Neanderthal, right. which is one that I'm obsessed with yes. as well. All right. So that is our... Full discussion time for this episode. Woo, we talked for a, a long time. I knew it was going to be longer. I didn't know it was going to be that long. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed hearing yeah. us ramble hope about books that we love. you made it through that. But seriously, check out any of those books. Check out all of those books. Yes. If you like Young Adult, we could not recommend them more. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. And we will see you guys next Friday. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.